1: Thank <laughs> go ladies and gentlemen it's week one of the nfl season here at rotorwriters.com it's the ownership report my name is chris Jamino, joined by john breslin and dan gasper Tuttle, 5 and squirrel patrol on the dfs sites boys are you ready we are looking at a monster week in nfl dfs with tremendously huge contests all across the industry john what's going on are you still at the live final
2: out there yeah, I'm, in, I'm up in Philadelphia with the DraftKings uh, baseball live final last night. I did not win. Uh, so, you know, looking forward to the NFL season. Uh, yeah, everybody was talking about it all night. And, you know, everyone's ready to, to turn the page to football. We're going to have a, a big Sunday. DraftKings is having all the games on for us. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited.
1: Yeah, You know, if you don't know John, that's actually surprised that he didn't win because this guy has been crushing NFL DFS and MLB DFS and all the DFS sports, quite frankly. I think MMA DFS you're even crushing these days. Uh, And he's just been on a monster tear. So we're happy to have him on this week as a special guest. Joining me every week is going to be Dan Gasper, Mr. Title 05. Dan, are you tired of doing MLB ownership projections yet? Are you ready for NFL?
3: I am. I'm very tired. (laughs) I, uh, I, uh, didn't see it was the DK live final until yesterday. And I saw John was out there. And then on those days, I mean, every day you give your all with the ownership, but I'm like, Oh man, now I really have to get this right because there's a lot of money on the line. Um, and Robbie Ray projections didn't like Robbie Ray yesterday. Um, and I knew he was going to be higher owned. So he was a tough guy to peg yesterday. I uh, ended up not doing all that well though. as extreme chalk, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready to forget, forget baseball. Let's yeah. Let's talk football. All
1: right. So let's talk about why we're here. So we want to assess the popularity of players across the landscape of Daily Fantasy Sports, DraftKings, FanDuel, Yahoo. You can find that on Rotor grinders Premium. Sign up for a single sport or combo sport package today if you want to see everything for all the different sites that we have to offer. I think I did, I just did 20 DraftKings slates, total, and uh, there's, you know, there's, I think, like 20 more coming for FanDuel. I think there's like nine up right now, but we'll have it up here before the end of the night, and we got a bunch of slates for Yahoo. It's, a, it's intense, and we are happy to help with that information. Uh, John, give us a little take. Why does projecting player popularity matter in daily fantasy tournaments?
2: Yeah, so you actually, you mentioned MMA and it was funny because I, you know, I've been a successful DFS player for, for years. And then during the pandemic, I started playing MMA. And, you know, I really realized the importance of ownership. As in MMA, that's all there is, is, is ownership and odds. And the amount of leverage you can get in tournaments when you have a guy you know, you can have him at twenty percent, and the field has them at five percent, and you know, particularly in football, that that'll happen when that guy goes off, scores a touchdown. All of those lineups are zooming over the entire field, and that's that's how you win current. That's why I wanted to, to come on the show. Week one, yeah, I was actually just just putting on my calendar that I really wanted to watch this show when we were talking about you know, some some issues I was having with another show, and I'm like, oh, why don't I just come on on week one? And so, you know, thank you guys for having me on for the guest spot in week one.
1: Yeah, it's going to be exciting here just remind me, before we get going to take a look at the projected popularity of every position on the slate uh like and subscribe this channel uh for in the show for rotor grinders please uh we're, we're putting some hard work into this to try to get you some good information and we would really appreciate that if you like the strategy and expert picks uh that we're putting out each and every broadcast uh you also might want to subscribe to the rg daily fantasy pod- podcast feed if that's where you're listening and not watching This show, Uh, definitely tons of great stuff, including the SWOLcast where you can catch Tuttle every week. Most important uh, podcast you'll ever listen to, in my opinion. Right, Tuttle? I'm sure. (laughs) No, okay, let's get down to business. Let's talk about what's going on with quarterback. We're going to look at DraftKings primarily to start here. John, uh, I'll pull up the player cards. We'll see some of the ownerships on the other sites. But right away, I'm looking at spread ownership at the quarterback position with Josh Allen nudging ahead of the other guys. Do you agree with this? trajectory here do you think Allen's going to be near the top of ownership in week one and uh, why do you think that you'll be playing him or not playing him this week
2: right so I do I think Josh Allen's going to be the most popular quarterback I think he's a quarterback can get there in a bunch of different ways but I think you probably have pretty good ownership on on all of the top guys and I think it's going to be Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes uh Kyler Murray probably as the most popular uh yeah this is a high scoring game we expect the Bills to pass a lot this season um, so, yeah, I think I think the entire offense is going to run through Josh Allen, and so I think it's going to make him the most popular quarterback on the slate.
1: Yeah, I agree with that, and again, it's not that the matchup is all that fantastic for Josh Allen, but I think at this point in time, most everyone agrees he's one of these matchup-proof quarterbacks uh, with multiple skill sets, uh, both rushing uh, with, you know, the increased accuracy in his, in his arm talent, and of course, uh, the ability to score touchdowns on the ground. So, no problem there projecting him towards the top here. And Patrick Mahomes, we don't need to overthink or talk about this. Uh, same category as Alan in terms of his fantasy upside and production. So to talk about Jalen Hurts, though. I think that's a player that I had some question marks about as far as, you know, how many people are going to gravitate towards this? Uh, it's week one, so there's always a lot of options. There's always a lot of ambiguity in how the ownership might shake out. Do you really believe that Hurts is going to be among the top four quarterbacks? I certainly do. Uh, talk about it.
3: Yeah, I do mostly because of the price range he's in kind of lacks other decent options. And that's the the price range where there are a lot of builds ending up on on DraftKings. Um, So lineup construction kind of forces you into that, you know, 6K range and Hertz is the guy that jumps out um, in terms of projection, as well as upside with his mobility and things like that. Um, One thing I wanted to touch on quick uh, with the Josh Allen thing, and it's a question for both of you guys. In my mind, I think this is what we'll see. I think we'll see Josh Allen uh, higher owned in the higher stakes, lower, smaller field stuff, and he might come in a little bit lower owned than we're expecting in some of the the lower dollar stuff because Pittsburgh still kind of has a reputation as, as you know a solid defense, um, which I think could drive his ownership down uh, in, in some of this uh, low priced contests. Do you guys agree with that sentiment? I don't think it'll be much lower, John. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it'll be much lower, but I, I hope it is. I mean, hopefully, Pittsburgh
2: still has that reputation. I actually, to just touch on Jalen Hurts, I do think there could be something that drives his ownership a little bit lower than we're expecting, which is the Atlanta defense is probably pretty popular. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we, we'll get there in the defense section. But I think that might hurt. uh That might hurt Hurts a little bit and push him down.
1: I think relative to the skill positions, this might be one of the highest I've ever projected defense relative to the top projections on other players. So that's interesting dynamic that we will for sure want to talk about when we get to the defense and special teams section. Uh, So once you get past those four guys, you know, Murray in the high total game with Tennessee, I think everyone's expecting lots of popularity there. But I think once you get past those guys, you can pretty much say, that the rest of the field is not really worth discussing from an ownership perspective in terms of whether or not they're going to greatly influence your chances of making a overall
3: low owned lineup. Tuttle, any takes on that? Yeah. I mean, I agree with that in general.
1: Yeah. It's, it's definitely not going to be a situation where we're worried desperately about finding a low owned quarterback once yeah, we get past those top four guys and even playing the top four guys, isn't going to necessarily take your lineup out of low owned territory overall. All right, let's get into the running back position and talk about some of the top plays there. John, you had to take uh, before this show started that maybe uh, there is a, an option that we're going to be looking at here that, uh, you know, could possibly be, you know, a little bit uh, higher owned than the way that I have it projected. And that's going to be James Robinson. But before we talk about James Robinson, let's talk about, the very top-owned running backs, uh, Gibson, Kamara, McCaffrey, and Cook. I think that pretty much everyone agrees that those are the guys that are going to be the highest-owned of the studs. Uh, you're saying that maybe James Robinson will creep up here and lower the likes of Gibson and Joe Mixon?
2: I think so. I think uh, you know he's, he's pretty mispriced uh, just because of the, the injury to the, uh, to the rookie running back they have in Jacksonville. Um, so James Robinson wasn't really expected to have you know, the whole workhouse or uh, workhorse role, and I, now he's going to, and I think that's going to drive his, his ownership off. I think it's, you know, he's going to be a really well-projected point-per-dollar guy. Uh, I think it's going to be higher on FanDuel than on DraftKings, but I still think he's going to creep up there on DraftKings.
1: I don't know about 3% on Yahoo. I might have to bump that up a little bit, but I saw the dynamics of Yahoo Slate in case anyone's playing on that site. And there are definitely some really underpriced players there to the point where, you know, Robinson's actually priced up a little bit relative to those guys. And I don't think he'll be as high owned there, but you nailed it. FanDuel, he'll be one of the most popular plays. DraftKings, I'm at 14%. And you're thinking maybe he even eats into some of these other guys, Mixon and Gibson, who I do think will both be popular plays. Gibson, of course, has been the darling of the seasonal fantasy community all offseason. the matchup, not necessarily prohibitive there. And the price is great mix uh, in also in the great price range but I think because of how cheap the wide receivers are Tuttle we're going to see lots of ownership on Kamara, McCaffrey and Cook don't you agree?
3: Yeah 100% um, I think that's kind of where it builds force ownership is a, on those higher priced running backs and with that in mind I, I would not be surprised if if Kamara and McCaffrey end up being the highest owned running backs like any anything we're talking about here we're probably talking only a couple percentage points in terms of, you know, downward mobility for like a Gibson type in terms of ownership or a Mixon type as well. Um the guy that I wouldn't be surprised if he t- if he steals some ownership away from both Mixon and Gibson, uh for cheaper is Mike Davis. We talked about point per dollar projections. Mike Davis is a guy that a lot of projection systems like this week from a point per dollar standpoint, he stands or looks like he's the guy. In Atlanta, Um, they signed Wayne Gallman just recently. I think with maybe ten days left until the season started, so it's still up in the air how much Gallman's going to be involved. And if he's not involved much at all, then it's it's Davis's backfield. Um, So Mike Davis is the one that I saw that could potentially increase um, in terms of ownership projection, uh, just because I think uh, projections like him quite a bit. He's one of
1: those guys on Yahoo that's severely underpriced. So go ahead and dial him up for seventeen bucks over there Uh, and i don't disagree that there's room for upward mobility here on this ownership but again there's so many good you know projected options this week title that it's very difficult to just say definitively well yes mike davis will be hired because there are other guys who people want to play people you know believe it or not do still want to play derrick henry 800 despite the fact that you know there are other options in his price range that are better people at this point know better in tournaments you know you hear the, the various podcasts all week long talking about how everyone wants to play those other guys. And then of course that naturally is going to take these sharp tournament players and put him on, put them on Derek Henry in a game that people want to play. Uh, John, any reaction to that? Do you think that sometimes throughout the course of the week, the obvious high owned plays get talked about so much that people start to look for pivots and then those pivots by Sunday end up getting jacked up just a little bit.
2: Yeah, I think you're going to see that in higher dollar tournaments, right? Because I think a lot of the lower dollar tournaments, people are just reading an article and playing, you know, who they think the best plays are. I think in higher dollar tournaments, you do sometimes see, you know, people kind of braining themselves um, into playing some of the lower owned plays and and then those guys, you know, everybody kind of lands on the same lower owned play. Derrick Henry, I'm I'm not sure it's going to happen with though, uh, just because especially on draft games with not catching passes, it's September, right? Like it's, it's not his time of year yet. So we'll, we'll see what his ownership is comes under.
1: I set the line around 10%. I think that that's a fair line. If you wanna take the under, by all means, go ahead and smash that. You've got the ability to do that. My book's always open, John. But at the end of the day, I do think that he won't be any lower than like maybe 7% owned or something like that. I don't think he's gonna get down in like the 3% ownership range on this slate. Now, something that I do want to mention right now is that if we expect Derrick Henry, to Thrive, we can actually head over to Thrive Fantasy and come prop up this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and eSports app for prop players. Uh, With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on the top-tier athletes like Derrick Henry that have the biggest impact on the game. You can choose 10 out of the 20 available players that they're going to give you for props, build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Uh, Thrive's got 140K guaranteed in prizes for NFL week one and has awarded over $4 million to date. Now, Thrive Fantasy's got 100K of that 140K in one contest with $20 to enter. First place takes 20K. You're going to want to go over there and use the promo code grinders to sign up today, and you will receive 100% instant first deposit match up to 250 bucks plus free entry into the 100K contests. Go download Thrive Fantasy. It's in the app store on the Play Store as well. And visit their website www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. All right, let's get into the wide receivers, boys. There are some interesting things to talk about here from the highest owned wide receiver perspective. And Marquez Callaway earlier in the week, I thought he was going to be just through the roof in terms of ownership. But since then, it has become clear that there are multiple low-priced wide receivers that you can choose from on DraftKings. Elijah Moore, $3,000. Uh, I'm not going to name them all. John, give me the take here. What are we doing with the low-priced Marquez Callaway and other uh, low-priced wide receivers? Because I think that this build is going to get very chalky.
2: I, I think so as well. Uh, and I think it's going to be a really popular cash game build. And I think it's going to be you know popular because we're kind of week one. I think we're going to see a lot of cash game lineups in, in big tournaments. Uh, and I think Callaway is going to have very high ownership. And I think the thing that's going to take away his ownership is the other lower priced, you know, uh, particularly rookie wide receivers, uh, Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore. Um, and I'm kind of excited if Marquez Callaway is going to be you know, 20, around 25%. I'm, I don't think I'm going to have that much of him in tournaments, uh, you know, just because I don't know that, you know, that his success in the in the preseason is going to carry over as as much as people think. So, We'll, we'll see what happens.
1: Tunnel, what does this mean? If okay, let's say like I even made a build of st- of just stacks that were high points per dollar, right? Like I went, I ran, I went to the Stack Finder on RotorGrinders.com, lineup, lineup HQ, go get it, guys. It's an incredible tool, and I found low p- points per dollar options. I mean, I should say high points per dollar options, ones that you can get in there very cheaply. And I was running builds with that without much of uh, you know other rules in place, and I'm still getting tons of these cheap, it wants to still put those cheap wide receivers in along with these low points per dollar stacks too, so that you can get the studs. So what are we doing and what's going to happen to some of these receivers that are expensive, like Ridley, Adams, Diggs. And then once you get past that, even lower, like how old are these guys going to be? I've got them in like the high teens to low teens for the real big studs, but there could be some opportunity here.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think you mentioned it, there is going to be a drop off. I I still think Ridley Adams, that tier is going to see decent ownership. And that's what you have projected as well. Um, Because I think you'll, I I think the most common build you'll see uh, on DraftKings is two low price receivers, uh, Ridley type receiver. And then the third running back would be like in that Joe Mixon range is I think going to be the most popular build. Uh, so I still do see De- Devonte Adams and, and Calvin Ridley seeing decent ownership, but the other high priced receivers, you know, once we're looking at like a DK Metcalf at 7,500, like you have them currently projected at 8.1% would not be surprised if that was lower. Um, actually semi- somewhat similar for these guys in the Arizona and Tennessee game. Um, obviously, tremendous options high scoring game against defenses that are just terrible in the secondary and we could see you know aj brown and deandre hopkins even creep into the single digits in terms of ownership as well just because of the dynamics of the slate um so yeah i I think if you're looking to get a little bit different with your builds definitely pay up at you know two receiver spots as opposed to just one uh just do simple things like that
1: yeah i was thinking that myself that's a good rule to make in your optimizer is to get you know some lines built that make sure that you have two of those wide receiver spots. Like Tuttle said, you're using players above a certain threshold of salary, because if you just let the optimizer run what it wants to do, which is put, you know, the best projected plays in, you know, first, you're going to get a lot of uh, Elijah Moore, especially, Uh, we might be a little bit high on this projection, but not too high. I mean, 11 and a half is certainly very viable for a guy who's the de facto second option in this passing game. Uh, You know, there's definitely plenty of reasons to be, cognizant of how your wide receivers are getting used in your optimizers when you're building multiple lineups this week john any other takes here on the top tier of wide receiver ownership
2: yeah i mean i'm going to aim to be over the field on the, on the top guys so I, I think the nfl is changing and like some of these wide receivers like calloway and, and elijah moore i mean they they might break off a long touchdown But guys like stefan diggs Devontae adams like the entire offense is going to run through them similar to the way we've seen with like michael thomas in new orleans in years past And i think some of these guys are going to get double digit receptions and that's not necessarily going to be the keeper guys. So yeah, I'm going to be looking to you know to do a lot of like, you know, paying up for two or three wide receivers and then using keeper running backs in my, my tournament. Games.
1: Yeah. We didn't even mention Tyree kill. I mean, somehow we barely mentioned Patrick Mahomes. We barely mentioned Tyree kill in this wide receiver section. I don't think that those guys are necessarily going to go under owned or even close, but I don't, I don't actually think that those are the, the first thoughts on people's mind this week. So that, that's been an interesting dynamic as I've listened to people talk about the week one slate. Now, speaking of Patrick Mahomes on Prize picks from Friday morning until Chiefs kickoff, Patrick Mahomes yardage prop is going to be set at a half yard. So new and existing users get over there to easy money, sign up for Prize picks, uh, use promo code grinders and get 100% deposit bonus match over there. It's fantastic stuff, Prize picks a lot of fun, uh, up to hundred bucks on that deposit bonus. So get over there now, take advantage. Let's talk about tight ends. Tight ends is a sit- situation every single week in NFL DFS where we have a limited set of options. Two of them stand out far above the rest to me so far. Uh, Kyle Pitts is the easy one to name. Uh, Tuttle, what's going on with Kyle Pitts here? I mean, this guy, we have, we've never seen him play football in the National Football League, but he's 20% owned and everyone expects him to crush. Is that happening?
3: Yeah, so typically a situation like this, it's like, hey, just fade the guy, right? Because like you said, we we don't know for sure what's going to happen. It's week one in the NFL. We've never seen him take an NFL snap. We don't know what his involvement is going to be. There's plenty of uncertainty around uh, Kyle Pitts this week. But, man, the other thought is you can get a wide receiver at the tight end position is basically what you're getting. Um, and this is likely well, – I, I don't know. want to – take that prediction but this is this could be the lowest price we see him all season long um, he projects as a guy second in target share uh, behind Calvin Ridley on this Falcons team could be close to a 20% target share um, right out of the gate he's going to be on the field a lot you don't get that very often at 4,400 at a tight end position so again my, my typical reaction would be hey just you know go underweight on this guy but I'm going to have a lot of Kyle Pitts this week and I, like, I think I think his high projected ownership is is certainly justified.
1: You know, I started with 20% target share with Kyle Pitts over the offseason, and I don't think that that's insane for the season at large. I do think Hayden Hurst presents a small risk to 20%, but you can still project him for 17, 18, 19%, something like that. And his projection is still going to look just great at 4,400 on DraftKings. Uh, John Travis Kelsey, he's tall. Uh, he's probably going to still be heavily involved with the Chiefs offense. Obviously, we're playing him, right?
2: Yeah, I think he may end up with uh, being higher than Kyle Pitts. But I think it's going to be a toss-up. I think those two are going to be by far the highest-owned tight ends. I'm probably going to try to have more Kelsey than Pitts. Uh, like you know, like I said, I'm looking for guys where potentially the offense is running through them. Uh, and you know, I mean, Kansas City has a lot of weapons, but you know, Travis Kelsey probably has the the most locked-in receptions for a tight end uh, of anyone in the NFL. So, yeah, in, history,
1: in history. You can just say yeah. in the history of the NFL, this is the guy right. so far that's been the easiest to predict in terms of wide receiver one type usage. Now, Tuttle, a guy that is not quite as easy to predict for that kind of usage week in, week out as George Kittle, because especially this week, the 49ers are just, I mean, they're over, they're over matching the lines on paper to me. Like I had the 49ers, you know, as a, as a team that could really do well because of their schedule this season. Uh, I'm looking at the matchups across the board and there's, not really any that I like for Detroit. So a guy like Kittle, probably the only concern here is that they just get, they just steamroll them, right?
3: Yeah, that's the biggest concern in that the production is spread out to, um, that they don't really have to force it to one guy because Detroit is just terrible, terrible all around defensively. I do think Kittle will be, and you have it projected this way, I think Kittle will be still fairly high owned. Like he's still the third highest projected tight end. He'll be higher owned on FanDuel than DraftKings. I think he will fit a lot of people's builds on FanDuel as kind of the, the go between between Pitts and and Kelsey. He's seven K on FanDuel um, fits a lot of builds there. So I like, he's he's not going to go under owned, um, but I, like he's a fine play personally. I'm probably going to be right around that 11% mark that you have him projected at. Um, I think there's cases for him, um, but I'd, I don't feel overconfident that he'll outperform like a Kelsey or Pitts even. Those are the three
1: best plays by a lot to me. Yeah, And if you play anyone else, John, I think you're going to be able to be in the category of differentiation. What do you think about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I actually think both Pitts and Kelsey might end up with, with higher ownership than you've got projected, which is pretty high for tight ends. And I think everyone else, I mean, is going to be maybe sub sub-5%. And if some of these guys are going to catch touchdowns, it's just a question of figuring out which, you know, which guy is going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be highly unpredictable.
1: We're going to get into that in just a moment and talk about some low-owned selections at each position. And that's the most fun part of the show, quite frankly. And we'll, you know, that should be good to hear who we're thinking at the tight end position could get it done at lower than the top ownership in the field. Now, let's talk about defense. We talked about the Falcons. Uh, you know, quite frankly, 2K against the Eagles, Jalen Hurts not necessarily a quarterback we think is going to avoid mistakes very easily. He's also running the ball a lot. So, you know, quite frankly, you know, getting the ball punched out is always an option uh, when you got someone who's carrying the ball, especially a rookie, or I should say a young player, like Jalen Hurts. Is there any particular, how are we treating this, John? This is crazy. 23% ownership. And I actually think that that's probably right.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think you're going to see a lot, especially because it's week one and you're going to see a lot of people that just, you know, Plug in that Falcons defense because it's so, so cheap. I think it's a great idea for cash games. For tournaments, I don't know that they have you know, a 23% chance of being the, the top defense on the slate. Um, I, you know, talk about Jalen Hurts running the ball, and, yeah, sometimes guys fumble and he's a young quarterback, but he's probably not going to throw as many passes as the other quarterbacks. and He's probably not going to take as many sacks either. Like This defense could underperform 23%.
1: I think the Jaguars probably need more than the 6% ownership in my projections right now at 2700 against Houston. I think that's a spot that will be attacked vigorously all season long. Tuttle, is there any other defenses that you see here that stand out to you as maybe needing an adjustment in projected ownership before we get to building lineups later today?
3: Um not necessarily an adjustment I don't think. Um and I do agree with the difference between FanDuel and DK where Broncos are showing as the highest owned. Falcons won't obviously be nearly as high owned on, on FanDuel. Um, I will say though, in terms of like how you want to play this for tournaments and you guys kind of touched on it already. Um, and John touched on it when we were talking about Jalen hurts, even, um, it's naturally going to the Falcons being this high owned is naturally going to drive down Philadelphia ownership, both hurts and position players, some miles Sanders some pass catchers as well. Um, like I would I would be playing – I'm playing Falcons and I expect to play Falcons in cash lineups, but I think you should be actively going out of your way to avoid chalk defenses in your single-entry lineups and even in your multi-entry builds. I would be going out of my way to go underweight in those for sure.
1: Broncos is still probably going to be pretty popular, but when I think about that defense with Chubb and the pass rush, the secondary, which is just alarmingly good on paper at this point in time, Uh, against daniel jones Uh, that's a spot that i like personally they are on the road but it's still a situation where uh, i want to i want to be a part of uh, of that particular situation i'm not confident in what the giants are going to be able to bring to the table this week i guess we'll see all right guys the time has come we need to talk about low owned selections at each position now there's a lot on your on the line here reputations can you stand firm behind these selections do you have conviction to tell the people who it is that you think you're going to mix in uh, with your best plays on the slate in order to make, uh, you know, appropriately owned lineups in NFL DFS tournaments? Are you ready to do this, John? You have not done this before. Are you ready? I think so. Give me a quarterback that you think will be on the lower tier of ownership that you think will succeed above his ownership expectations. Go.
2: Sam Darnold. Uh, so I think this game's going to go over, over the projected points. Uh, I think everybody likes the weapons in this game. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Elijah Moore are running back. Uh, it makes for a pretty affordable game stack if you're not using McCaffrey, but Darnold's cheap enough and Christian McCaffrey is a good receiving back. So if he breaks off a you know, 75 yard thumb pass for a touchdown, that's that's good for Sam Darnold. Um, I think people kind of poo-poo the, the revenge game narrative thing. It's it's his first time, you know, first game with Carolina. It's against his former team. But it occurs to me that if, if Carolina is up in this game, I think, you know, with them trying to build Darnold's uh, confidence, I think they're gonna let him keep passing, right? And they're not gonna run Christian McCaffrey into the ground coming off an injury. So I could see them passing and you know, keeping the foot on the gas if they're if they're up. If they're behind, they're gonna have to you know pass the ball anyway. So I kind of think that Sam Darnold's got a higher floor than people are thinking and a higher ceiling.
1: I just checked his passing yards prop. It was a little bit lower than I had it projected for. But even if I lower the yardage expectation for the Carolina Panthers in projections, he's still going to look like a really good value on DraftKings. And, you know, you've got, you know, I, I looked at the matchup with the secondary of the Jets, and there's really a good spot here for some of these top wide receivers on the team. So I'm in agreement here that this is a good option. title. who do you think could actually get it done here without being terribly owned?
3: Rookie. Trevor Lawrence, um, man, I think we're looking at a, a Houston team that might not be able to win games in the XFL. Like, I, I think they're just very talent deficient, uh, both offensively, defensively. I think they're like a very, very bad team. So it's just going to come as, you know, how are the Jaguars going to score points? I think they're going to score points. Most people, as we see by ownership projections, are thinking that they're going to score points via James Robinson, especially on Fanduel, right? We have. James Robinson coming in as the, one of the chalkiest owned running backs and completely agree with that. That's going to lead to Trevor Lawrence being cheap, Uh a guy I'll we'll talk about a little bit later being lower owned as well at the wide receiver position. Um, I think Jaguars are going to put up points, and you know it, it's up to Urban Meyer to, to see how they score those points, but Lawrence at you know 5% or under 5% ownership against what I think is going to be one of the, the worst teams in the NFL, uh, I think it's a, a good bet.
1: Yeah, I think I think so too. I mean, I think it's certainly got a chance, right? Uh, lots of good cheap receiving options. You can make good, you know, good lineups around a Trevor Lawrence yes. stack, and that's what's. in. You got to be careful with the roster construction we talked about earlier, not to fall into the chalk build all all over again. With even with Lawrence at 6,200, you can still fall into a pretty chalky looking build. But I do think that that's a good take as far as potential to reach asymmetric upside. Now let's talk about my selection here, which you can pencil this in for three to five more weeks this season, Kirk Cousins. Now it's not that Kirk Cousins is something electrifying uh, as a fantasy player, but he does have these big, big, big games. And we're talking about the Bengals here, as far as the matchup that they're going to be in. Everyone's going to play Dalvin Cook. And I think that that's appropriate. You could even pair Dalvin Cook with Kirk Cousins in your stacks. But I do think that there is a great chance to make the double stack that you definitely want in these big tournaments with a Kirk Cousins, Without having tremendously high ownership, and there's high quality bringbacks at low prices on the other side, I definitely think that this cousin is this going to be higher owned? Like, why, what? What am I, John? What am I talking about here? Is it, how can this be like that low owned? Is it really that many options on the slate?
2: Yeah. So we, yeah, looking at two percent ownership for for Kirk Cousins, nobody nobody likes to play Kirk Cousins, but I agree. I, I think that he's yeah. Everyone wants to play Justin Jefferson. Uh, people like Adam Thielen. Uh, People like Dalvin Cook as a receiving back, but yeah, nobody likes playing Kirk Cousins and it never makes sense.
1: Yeah. So that's going to happen here as far as Kirk Cousins being in the mix Uh, for my uh, lineups personally this week, I'm going to make sure that I get quite a few of those. Now it's time to talk about low owned running backs, John, and boy, running back position is so tough because we're getting so good at making player projections in NFL DFS that a lot of times the top projected plays are just generally the best plays. Is there anybody that we can look to here at the running back position that has a chance of outscoring these
2: guys? The guy I picked was Damian Harris. Uh, I think that he's, you know, there there is uncertainty with the rookie running backs, and I don't think he's going to even be the most popular rookie running back, named Harris, right? Uh, But people are overlooking this Miami-New England game because it's not going to be a super high scoring shootout. We don't need it to be a super high scoring shootout. Know, for Damian Harris to get 100 yards and a, a touchdown or two, which is gonna pay off his price. Um, you know, he's about 50-50 to get a touchdown in this game. You, you know, the home team is, is home the Patriots are the home team. They're favored by three. I don't think they want uh you know the Mac Jones passing all day. So I think that Bill Belichuk's gonna attack the uh the Dolphins defense on the ground. And so I like Damian Harris.
1: Generally bullish on Harris season long. I think this is not the greatest, if you're, if you're a matchup guy, it's not the greatest matchup, but this is not how we play daily fantasy football anymore. Matchups have been demoted in how we look at, to you know how we're going to capitalize on the slate upcoming. We are instead focused on what John is focused on here with Damian Harris, which is the upside, multiple touchdown game, well within the range here for Damian Harris. Dan Gasper, give me a running back.
3: All right, so this is a guy that i usually laugh at people for taking and then he just buries me um because i, I typically don't roster running backs so don't catch the football uh but nick chubb this week is somebody that stands out from an ownership perspective to me uh one of the higher projected scoring game environments of the week kansas city is really not good at defending the rush um bottom half last season projects similarly this season the problem is they get so far ahead of teams that People have to throw the ball against them. I think this Browns team's good. I think they have an elite offensive line. I think they're really good at running the ball. Um, if this gets into a game where Cleveland stays close throughout, Cleveland potentially even has the lead at any point. I think we're going to see a lot of Nick Chubb, and he's explosive. Uh, he can score touchdowns. So if we're looking at like twenty plus carries potentially, and if if the game environment goes his way or the game flow goes his way, you could be looking at you know thirty. Thirty fantasy points out of Chubb, so I think I think he's worth some shots for sure in tournaments. What do
1: you think, John? Uh, Tuttle likes the Browns. He likes the running back situation here. Uh, do you agree with this? Is this a good take?
3: I do. I agree
2: with the take. I actually disagree with the running back because I, I like Kareem Hunt. Ooh. It's a lot of the same same thought process. I just think Kansas City could be up in this game, and then I think they're more likely to have Kareem Hunt in there on the on the Browns side catching passes
3: so that's that's the important that's the important thing to think about when constructing lineups too right is like kareem hunt and i even have this written down if i'm playing chubb i'm not playing this as a game stack if you're playing kareem hunt then you are playing it as a game stack right because we're projecting the game flow we're expecting cleveland to play from behind they'll throw the ball more we can use kansas city's options if i'm using chubb in a lineup i'm going short on kansas city i'm hoping they don't score i'm hoping that cleveland stays close potentially leads so be cognitive of, you know, the running backs you're using and what game scripts they they fit in.
1: Yeah, so definitely a, a good way to get different at the running back position here is the Browns running back situation. And this is certainly something that not a lot of people are going to be doing with all the options that are available on the slate. Uh, so, okay, Tuttle, I've given you the opportunity. Anyone else here at the running back position? Are we moving on to wide receivers?
3: We're good at receivers. What, what was yours? You you wrote, you wrote yours down. and I thought it was actually a pretty good take.
1: Okay. So, look, I wanted to give you guys all the time in the road here. You guys are the guys that really have the information here. But Miles Sanders, everyone knows everything to start the NFL season, right? I mean, we've got it all figured out. And what we've got figured out about the Eagles, Jalen Hurts is going to be the goal line back. And we've got Kenny Gainwell is going to steal passing work from Miles Sanders and all these – uh, tight ends are going to be scoring the touchdowns for the team as well. And My- Miles Sanders is garbage. Well, guess what? You don't know anything. It's Week One, and this guy is going to be playing the Falcons. Last time that I checked, they maybe their defense has improved. I mean, we don't even know that. But there is certainly an opportunity for Miles Sanders to be one of these guys who has gives you a different roster construction at 6,500 on DraftKings, right? because everyone's going to be playing paying up at the running back position and paying down at the wide receiver position. I be mean, no balance builds to speak of anywhere. Miles Sanders getting in the box a couple of times is well within the range in this particular game. I mean, these teams stink. Neither one of these teams is going to the playoffs. I'm just calling it right now. And we're looking at Miles Sanders here, 5% owned, lower on other sites. Go ahead and get Miles Sanders in a couple of lineups at least. John, what's going on here? Uh, is this a crazy take?
2: No, I don't think that's crazy at all. I actually, you know, we've kind of talked about, especially on DraftKings, with the, the Falcons defense, you know, they're going to be really highly owned. I think that's going to lower the ownership on the Philadelphia skill players. Then I think people are going to want to play Jalen Hurts, and that's not necessarily the best pairing with with Miles Sanders. I, I like the idea of playing Miles Sanders. I think he's going to go dramatically under-owned, he may even be at least some 5%, and his chances of scoring a couple touchdowns or, you know, catching some passes and you know, hitting it a rushing bonus, I think are much higher than 5%. So I think that's a great, great call.
1: right, Let's get to the wide receivers because there's plenty of opportunity to get different here with a little bit of chalk gravitating on the cheap guys. Uh, And certainly like by all means, 3k for these guys, definitely go ahead and play some of these guys to some level, but whether we should play them at their ownership, John, is a different question. Who can we play? as a pivot off these guys or at a lower ownership or a different construction that can really get us into unique line of territory?
2: So, you know, the first wide receiver that I picked is DJ is Moore, uh, but it, it's just kind of a cheat. It's a pairing with, with Darnold. Um, I think he's a talented wide receiver. I think he had a bad setup last year. And I think, you know, he's got a month, the entire offense should be much better this year. I think it's a good matchup with the Jets. Uh, I think he's going to be a pivotal part of the offense. Um, I think we might see, Christian McCaffrey take on a little bit less of the usage that you would have seen in years past. And I think some of that's gonna to go to more Um so I think you know, we're looking at sub eight percent on DraftKings, um, you know, sub four percent on on Vandal. I'm, I'm gonna be looking to be way over the field on that.
1: Yeah, this is why Darnold, like almost by default, has to be better than we think he was before. Just looking at these weapons on this team is great. Guys, Terrace Mar- Marshall, like. I don't know, maybe preseason is a little bit too early to declare a guy, anything, but he looks like the real deal to me. So, I mean, they've got options all over the place and DJ Moore especially hasn't really reached the pinnacle of where he can get in his NFL career. And the the number of different weapons to defend on this team could really propel him to some monster games. Tuttle, who do you have at wide receiver for your first selection?
3: Yeah, I went with the pairing um of my QB with Trevor Lawrence with the lowest projected on receiving option which is DJ Shark um I think with these r- rookie QBs or really any offense with new situations and new offensive weapons there's a decent amount of guesswork involved in projecting projecting target share early on the general consensus seems to think hey LaVisca Schnault's the guy Marvin Jones is the guy they're going to see the higher target shares like It might not shake out that way. Uh, DJ Jark had a lot of uh, negative press on him with the preseason injury, with the finger injury, Um, didn't get a lot of work in with Trevor Lawrence, but still tremendous downfield threat. Um, He ranked fourth in air yards last season per game uh, in games that he played and obviously struggled with injury again last season. Um, So expect a lot of high-value targets for Chark. And, again, I I just love this game in general um, from the Jaguars' standpoint. Uh, so I think you can not only will you differentiate yourself from just playing Trevor Lawrence, but if you, you're, stacking him with shark, I think that will be a different line of approach than most people will be taking, especially on DraftKings, Kings where people will be playing the 3600 Marvin Jones much more frequently than, uh, than, than shark.
1: Miserable secondary there for Houston. So this makes all the sense in the world. They've tried to keep him healthy, leading up to the season. Everyone's going to be playing, uh, Someone like a Marvin Jones at 3600 on DraftKings. Not as many people going to be on DJ Sharp. John, who do you got as your second option here at the wide receiver position?
2: So, yeah, just a total pivot off of the chalk Callaway. I've got Deontay Harris. I mean, these guys have about the same receiving yards prop. They're about the same price. Harris is actually a little bit cheaper. We have Harris coming in at about one-ninth the ownership of Callaway or one-tenth the ownership of Callaway. Like, he's not one-tenth as likely to succeed in this game. And the touchdowns can go anywhere. Again, it's, it's week one. You know, we haven't seen this this offense's setup yet, really, in, in regular season mode. We don't really know where the targets are going to go, and everyone loves Callaway. And, but I think he's a he's blind wide receiver. I'm going to be way under the field. If he's, you know, if he's at 25% ownership. Um, and just because we don't know where the touchdowns are going to go, we don't necessarily know where the targets are going to go. So, yeah, I, I'm going to play, you know, Deontay, Deontay Harris is like way more than 3% owner.
1: Fit. Yeah. So you can see even in our projection, we don't know where the targets are going to go either. We have like, look, we have little Jordan Humphrey is out there running around like a jabroni. We got Jawan Johnson as a, like a hybrid tight end type. Taysom Hill is whatever, doing whatever he's going to do out there. Oh, nobody knows. And I, you know, I've seen some people that are really bullish on Deontay Harris and I don't blame them. So, you know, I, I've got, my issues with putting a projection on a median basis of him really high. But if you're looking for the upside, it definitely exists here in this thin Saints wide receiver core. Uh, Tunnel, who do you got as your number two?
3: Yeah. Um, I threw Devo Samuel is my number two option, uh, for low owned receivers. I think everybody agrees again, that San Francisco is going to score points. It's just a matter of how they do it. The biggest concern again is that it's going to be spread out. Um, if it's not spread out, Debo's a guy that could, you know, get multiple scores. Uh, he struggled with health last season. Um, but in the games that he played, there were only five games where he played 50% plus of the snaps. Uh, he averaged a 24.6% target share over 14 PPR points per game. Uh, the, the biggest hit against him or knock against him is also kind of a good thing is that he's got he's got a low A dot. He doesn't get very good down. He doesn't get many downfield targets. That's also because they just try to manufacture touches because he's really good with the ball in his hands. Um, so I think it's another spot where he'll get a lot of plays drawn up for him, or at least a handful of plays drawn up for him. Um, and if he breaks one of those, it's, it's, it's a slam dunk for his price and ownership.
1: Nobody's stacking Jimmy Garoppolo, that's for sure. And I don't think anyone's going to be bold enough to dial up Trey Lance just yet, sight unseen. We don't know how many plays he's going to play, or if he plays even one play. So Debo certainly a good way to get exposure to this 49ers offense completely underowned compared to his talent level. Now I'm going to rattle off a couple here. My, my two favorite low-owned options here are pivot off of Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, uh, the def- definite number one uh, in this offense. Just 4,900 on DraftKings, uh, totally uh, in the range of you know basically a good matchup uh, against Carolina. I wouldn't certainly wouldn't call it a bad one, and he's definitely not going to be owned at the level. Uh, that some of these top WR ones in the league are, and there could be some points in this game. Uh, let's talk about Adam Thielen paired with my choice at quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Uh, you you mentioned people are gonna you know probably want to play Jefferson a little bit more. No one's playing Adam Thielen, and this guy scored like a trillion touchdowns last year. Uh, he's got the chemistry. He can get deep. He can, you know he can do it all basically from a tournament perspective. What you want a receiver to do, he could get multiple catches. He could get multiple touchdowns. He could get the deep ball to get it done in one play. Lots of outs here for Adam Thielen. Good matchup against the Bengals. And then I'm going to rattle off a couple more real quick without getting too deep into detail. Terry McLaurin. Uh, Chargers, uh, certainly not enough uh, for, to slow me down uh, from a player who's finally got a quarterback throwing him the football. Uh, then you want to talk about Keenan Allen on the other side. Uh, this is supposed to be the, the Saints, right? I mean, are we not looking at Slant Boy here? Keenan Allen, Part 2, two 2.0? I mean, even if the matchup stuff against Washington, which it is, uh, that only serves to bolster the low uh, target, uh, you know, yards per target options like Keenan Allen and Eckler if he plays. And, you know, certainly that's a situation that we want to monitor, but Keenan Allen's in play, not going to be particularly highly owned at the wide receiver position. And then I did mention Jefferson briefly. Guys, the tight end position, we need, none of us picked any for our low owned selections. Uh, does anyone else have anything to add here at the tight end at the low owned selection uh, level before I throw in a couple of names?
2: I don't like any of don't games. jump don't <laughs> jump out of your
1: chairs to to get on a you know f- you. plant your flag on gerald everett or anthony firxer or, or robert tonyan or any of these guys right i actually think tanyan is, is a guy that i wasn't going to mention that i am going to mention right now because him under five percent owned here for aaron rogers could certainly provide you some upside at the asymmetric level to get to the top of a tournament I, i'm just going to quickly mention dallas goddard though uh, earlier when I was ranting about Miles Sanders, we talked about how this offense is supposed to revolve around the tight ends, except in the ownership department, no one's playing them. So everyone's looking at Zach Ertz. You got to project him for some target share, you know, even though he's a corpse out there, uh, you know, Dallas Goddard's the real talent in this crew right now. He's got the, you know, the age model loves Dallas Goddard compared to Ertz and uh, the, the Falcons, nothing to write home about on defense against the position. At least they haven't been in years past. And then the final name that I want to mention a little bit higher on, But the chemistry is there for Ryan Fitzpatrick with Logan Thomas. Uh, This is a situation throughout the season that we want to monitor because if it looks like it looked in the preseason, huge upside at the tight end position where you can't find anyone to play for Logan Thomas. Guys, that is going to do it for the ownership report in week number one. Special thanks to John Breslin, Squirrel Patrol, for helping us out this week, getting off the ground uh, for week number one, Tuttle. I wish you the best of luck in all of your contests this week. And the same to everyone watching this show for roadrunners.com. I'm Chris Jermaine. We'll be back again for week two. Go win something.